Hello, Esther Deborah here, and this is Agape Love. Love is here. This is one of the many video sections of the ministry of Pastor Deborah, helping people the Lord's way. Please enjoy the video, and we look forward to you coming again. Pastor Deborah hopes you enjoy hearing about how she has learned. How to help people the Lord's way and have her many wonderful spiritual experiences throughout many, many years of helping people. Welcome again to a video of Agape Love, Love is Here Ministries. This is Pastor Deb. Love always and forever. Hello again. Pastor Deborah here. And it's been a while. I know not to you it hasn't, but I've been through a hurricane named Sally. Been cleaning and mopping. I'm taking a break today. I've been working for the last week hauling and branches and just cleaning up. So I'm back. And I wanted to bring to you the next section of Isaiah 61 verse 8 we're beginning part 8 can you believe it this one verse has had so much deep spiritual teachings for us if we were listening and in my studies I heard and I'm going to tell you what what Okay, every people are still coming in. Okay. Please, uh, ushers, please seat them. Greeters, please love on them. And I'll just kind of talk a little bit before we get started. This section of verse 8 is about the third little section in verse 8 and it says I and I excuse me meaning the Lord the Lord of Isaiah 61 will direct their work in truth we've been talking about that for about oh two or three different segments here yes I'm looking around I see did you know there's a deep increase going on sort of a revival yes there is in the spirit realm people are coming to the website they're watching the videos and my goodness I see people as far out in the spirit here in the garden as far as I can see I don't know if it's millions and upon millions or if I've reached into the billions yet. But there are just many, many people. Some of you are sleeping. Yes, the other part of you, your physical body, is resting. Some of you are awake and you're multitasking. You're in meetings or you're working. Or you're just up and about. Others are just in prayer. Some are meditating. But some, you're right here with me. Everybody is. Because we're in the spirit. This teaching is for your spirit. It's 
re-education, rediscovery, relearning that you have to do. Because the spirit has to slowly grow and develop, eat and feed on and be nourished by these words. Then it grows, just like a child in the natural grows. Taller and taller and stronger and stronger. You need new concepts and ideas and principles. That means laws for your spirit. Then your spirit relays that information through a gate to your soul. And your soul is a mess. We see that all the time. And the soul needs to be transformed and renewed also. But it's a mess. But first, before it can really be transformed, the old soul, it must be willingly to give up itself, sort of die, and recognize it is a mess. And it needs to be rebirthed and relearned, just like you're doing right now. So we'll have two parts of you. redeemed retransformed reeducated now in some countries they do put people in camps internment camps they call it vocational rehabilitation or trying to help them to relearn and not do what they're doing sometimes prisons do that which is another form of internment But in some countries, they don't like your religion. Or they don't like the way you think, because you're kind of independent. So they will put you in camps, forcibly. Some countries, they don't even like the way you look. Because you don't look like the leaders. You don't believe like the leaders. You're not a part of what they are. So they will try to force you. But not here. This is all because your spirit is being drawn. You have a free will. And you may choose. So is everybody seated? I'm looking around. Oh my gosh. I've never seen so many people. There are people of all ages. Children. Oh my goodness. Yes, that is an animal sitting next to you. Is that flower smiling at you? Yes. Yes, the trees are... Yes, we are in the living garden. Everything is alive. Yes, the flowers talk and sing. Animals, they're friendly. Mm -hmm. No, they won't eat you. No, you're not crazy because you're hearing a flower saying hello and I love you no the realm of the spirit is different now here in the garden of Eden which is on planet earth hidden by a cherubim and a flaming sword it is the way it was supposed to be on planet earth out beyond the gate here of the garden There is another part of the spiritual realm. 
the kingdom of darkness. Oh, and it's got some evil, nasty creatures. They do talk, yes. You can see that in the Chronicles of Narnia. The lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. Yeah. You can see that evil, wicked thing. And they are real. We see a lot of that in the natural world. Which is an expression of both spiritual realms. But Excuse me. There's only one spiritual realm, but two kingdoms. So in the natural world, you can see both of them. You can see the evil and the wickedness and the goodness and the love at the same time. Because all of nature is an expression. It is speaking to us about the unseen realm. Is everybody down? Okay, wonderful. We'll get started. We are in Isaiah, as you can see on the board. 61, verse 8. Isaiah was an Old Testament prophet. And if you pay attention to the Old Testament, you'll learn a lot. That's all that was written, the world had, when a young man named Jesus Christ came to earth. There was no four Gospels. There was no New Testament, no book of Revelations that you will find in the Christian Bible. The Quran was not even written. It was not written till hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years after the Old Testament. Did you know that Muhammad is an ancestor? Mm-hmm. Of Abraham? He is an ancestor of Ishmael. Abraham's firstborn son who was born of Hagar, the Egyptian slave. But he was also conceived by the flesh, the will of man. He was not the promised child, Isaac, who would come from a dead womb and a dead man's sperm. He, God had to show that out of death, dead things could come life. When there was no hope, there was no chance in any way that man could produce a chosen child. It had to be a miracle, a sign and a wonder. So Ishmael, even though his father was Abraham, he was to raise up ancestors who would be kings and mighty ones. And he has done that. The Arab nation is that. But they were not to carry this covenant and seed that would soon become this Jesus Christ. But they would get there. They would come back. Because when they believed in him, that he was their brother, and that he was from this father, this God of Abraham. And he was of a supernatural birth and being. They would be brought back into the family spiritually. Because they were far off. Far, far off. But that's another story. So, 
We are going to start this section of Isaiah 61, verse 8. And this is part 8. My goodness, I've got so many. I'm trying to get through this one verse. So I can move on to verse 9. I have so many more recordings to do. Teaching on setting the captives free. The forever person. Uh, more about basic at the heart of Lucifer and who became Satan. More on story time. Lots to record. Takes time. Got to get the sun right. I'm using the outside light. So let's begin. The verse says, And I, that's the Lord, which is the Lord of Ishmael, who is the son of Abraham, who's if they will just believe that this young man named Christ Jesus was a reflection, an offspring of this God that Abraham believed in. That's all it takes. Oh, he had a dirt body named Jesus. But what was inside? The spirit. <clears throat> and it was anointed. That was the spiritual Christ. And all they have to do is believe that. That this God sent his own words. He breathed out. Like the rays of the sun. And say, oh. This Christ. Who was inside the dirt body of Jesus. Was anointed by this Holy Spirit. If you will please excuse me. Between mold and water and mildew. My sinuses are bothering me today. You'll just believe that, that this Christ was inside this body named Jesus. Jesus was the child that was given the dirt. Christ is the son, the offspring of this heavenly father. That's all you have to do, and you're back in the family. You're back from being far off doesn't take much I know a lot yes I know a lot of you believe that Jesus was a teacher yes he was and he was yes he was a prophet yes just like Muhammad yes just like Muhammad yes he was a prophet a teacher he was a living human being the dirt part that you saw yes and he did go to a cross yes but you don't believe he got up. That's okay. And you don't believe God has any children. Because God says there's none beside me. Well you just don't quite understand what that means yet. What it sort of means is there is no other God like me. There's no adult like me. But he's got children. He wanted to be a father. I don't think... Most of the Greek gods, if you study them, they wanted children. And they wanted to have intimacy spiritually with humanity. And they said they even created children. Like Hercules was a product of gods. But when we come down to Allah, he seems to be an awful lonely God 
doesn't want a family, doesn't want any children. Maybe he can't have any. I just don't know. But he just seems to sort of just want you to obey him no matter what, but not really get to know him, even if you study him. He does promise a lot, that's true. But if you go read my story, 72 Virgins, you'll learn about the Sanaya brothers who did the Boston bombings here in America. And you'll learn something. The young one is still here in America. He'll be in prison the rest of his life. I think they took the death penalty off. Go talk to him. There's a lot of wonderful Arab people. I have one or two that are on the website in Songs of the Heart. And they talk to you about how they found this Christ Jesus. Some people find it when they're sick. And they pray to the God of Abraham. Or this God of Jesus. And he answers. A lot of you are having dreams and visions. Of a man in white. That's him. That's him. In his glorified state. So yes. He is directing you. In your work. Of believing. In him. That's his job. His job is to direct you, guide you, and lead you. Call you and woo you to himself. And that's what this verse, this part of it, and I will direct their work in truth. He's doing it. He's loving on you. He's calling you. Helping you. Reaching your hand. Bringing you here. But not against your will. You've become like Neo Anderson in the Matrix. A seeking person. Seeking and searching for truth. Asking questions of all the gods you know. I'm sure you're praying. You're making sacrifices. You're trying to understand the weather and the evil and what's going on. So you're searching. And those that are here, you are learning that you are finding. So that is good. So let's begin. Let's begin with prayer first. Heavenly Father, we thank you for drawing these people from all over the world by the millions and the billions. We thank you that you're speaking to them in their dreams. That you sent the bluebirds and you showed them the way to your garden. So that you may speak to them through Pastor Deborah's words. That you will anoint the words. You will help their hearts and their minds to perceive and understand these words. Then help them when they go back into their soul. To help their soul learn, be transformed and renewed. Father, you paid a price for them on a cross with yourself and your son. Your word took the hit. Your word of love went into hell and the grave for them. They are your inheritance. Love on them and teach them. 
for they are yours. Amen. Pastor Deborah always starts with scripture. Proverbs 25, 2. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing. Hide it from it. Why? He needs you to have a searching heart. Asking questions. He needs you to be unsettled. Like an archaeologist. What's there? Sort of like a little child with a present. Ripping open things. Wanting to know what is inside. A lot of people. I'll explain this from a present. Beautiful wrappings. Beautiful bows. Sometimes in a box or a sack. But that is not the gift. But they're pretty. A lot of people stay right there and admire the beautiful wrappings and the box, the bows and the paper. Too pretty to even open. They're just happy that somebody thought about them and gave them a gift. But others want to rip it open and see what's inside. That's what he is helping you to do. That your spirit says there must be more. Those gods that I'm praying to, worshiping to, seeking counsel from, it doesn't seem to be working with them. Maybe there's another one. So your heart is open. He knows if you are. He will not force you to come here to watch this, to check the website. If he forced you sort of into training, education, forced you to sit down and memorize things, forced you, even reminds you every single day over a loudspeaker to go to prayer. If he did that, he would be raping you, forcing you against your will to do something you did not want to do. You had other things more important. He would not do that. Because he's not a rapist. He will not force you through pressure, through family, through threats, through death, through embarrassment or shame. He will call you gently. Woo you through love. And he will wait patiently for you to be ready to receive from him what he freely offers you. Truth and light, love and compassion. He waits for you to be ready. But it is the honor of kings that's you spirit all of humanity is to search out a matter it is your honor and duty to be inquisitive to ask questions to find the answers to dig and research should be okay for you to talk to other people about what they believe and the God that they serve And for you to ask them to tell them about him. And to learn. Then you make up your own mind. Based on information and knowledge. 
We had some horrible wars throughout humanity's history, trying to force and convert people to Catholicism, to not read the Bible in their own language, force them to believe what the Catholics believed. We had wars about, we still have wars with the Islamic people trying to force what they believe on other people. That's a form of rape. That's a form of overbearing. That's not right. You cannot force a heart to truly believe by threats of death, imprisonment, beatings, rapings. You can't do it. It won't happen. You will get a false submission, but not the true heart. You can convert the soul because the soul wants to live and be accepted. But the spirit where Pastor Deborah works, it'll just go into a trance or run away from that fear, those threats. It will hide. You can't touch it. So some gods only have the soul. And it's a false conversion. We fought wars in Protestantism. Catholics and Protestants over this. And we had to learn. You cannot force anybody to believe what you believe. It must be chosen freely, without threats, intimidations, threatenings, violence, war, killing, raping. That's not a loving God that would do that. Not a father would not do that to his children. He would help them to find what they need gently over time. And they would wait for you to choose. That was just a little bit of Pastor Deborah's word for today. So when you are a human, you're a king. You may not know it, but you must search. Have you become a searcher, a seeker, a treasure hunter? Are you an archaeologist yet? How many books have you read? How many questions do you ask? Or are you afraid to ask? Or not allowed to ask questions? Very interesting to think about. So you must learn to search. That's why you're here. Something in your heart, your spirit, wants to know the truth. So you've been brought even in your dreams. Now we get into verse 8. Everybody's down. Everybody's got notebooks and tablets and pencils. Good. Welcome everybody from wherever you are. Yeah, everybody's welcome. Turn around. Say hi to your neighbor. Mm-hmm. They're out there. There you go. My goodness. Verse 8. And I, the Lord, your righteous and glorious judge, your healer and deliverer, the lamb of sacrifice, your father, your neighbor, the righteous one of your ancestors, of your beginning, excuse me, will come to you no matter where you are. 
and I will direct your work out of captivity and back to the path of light and then to help you to renew to redeem and restore your ancient long forgotten work the deeds the purposes and intents that you were always to do you forgot about it got all twisted got all perverted and I will help you by directing you guiding you leading you teaching you helping you in many ways in spirit and truth some people write to me they want Bibles I don't have any to send but if you will look at nature look at animals and insects and the dirt and just ask God to help you he will teach you for all of nature is here it reveals and teaches us about him I'll tell you my little story uh, I have a tendency to move in the spirit that means I move in the gift of discerning of spirits I can hear and see and peer into the spirit realm and it's a gift from the Holy Spirit I don't activate it I didn't have to learn how to turn it on I just allow my spirit to be open and ready so when it's needed like now I can learn and grow so the story goes that there was a lady I was trying to help she was very flesh oriented uh, very carnal nature oriented so we would look at a rose a beautiful red rose she would see a red rose soft and pretty and beautiful and it had a beautiful smell that's what she saw that's what she when she looked at it when I looked at it I could see that but that was like in the far distance what I saw was the heavenly father's heart the softness and gentleness I saw the red blood of the cross and victory and redemption I smelled the fragrance of freedom from captivity and the fragrance of life the spirit of truth I saw him I heard him speaking to me about himself through the red rose the red rose was an expression talking to me about him so what I learned was nature will speak to you it will speak to you about the father that we're learning about in Isaiah 61 will also show you death spiritually and the kingdom of darkness and the flesh nature and carnal nature of humanity remember all the people ever had was the stars and nature and God will speak through them I just writing a story right now about an eagle talking to me the animals will speak out of the realm of the spirit to you if you're listening so you don't have to have the Bible it would be good if you could but if you don't he will talk to your spirit with it, through nature through circumstances or just in your dreams don't worry 
He will help you. He will direct your paths. will teach you even without the written book. He's not going to leave you unlearned, unknowledgeable. He will help you. So, why do we need such help? What is it work we need to be directed to do? I'm going to sort of remind you of some of those. Number one, we must be redirected in how to worship him in spirit, not with the physical body and not with our soul, but with our spirit and in truth. Who is he? Who is he really? That's what he's looking for, your spirit, to worship him. Two, we have to be redirected in our education about being his spiritual offspring his children made and recreated in his spiritual image and after his likeness yeah wait till you learn that you are a god yourself pastor deborah learned that the greeks sort of had it right that man is god mhm Pharaohs had it from Egypt. They were God on earth. That was correct. It sounds strange and weird, but it is correct. Three, we had to have our work redirected in renewing our spiritual heart to know him and to know ourselves and to know each other. Then there's an enemy of us and him that we must know about. And we must become one in intimacy with him. We must sort of feed on him, eat on him. He must become our muscles and our strength and in our blood. Sort of like when we eat and drink food. It builds our physical body. It gives us immunity system. The same way in the spirit, that must happen. So he can spiritually work as he does. In partnership with him, as his son Christ Jesus showed us in the Gospels. He is here in Pastor Deborah. He is here doing his work. He is free to speak to you at any time. His breathing on my words to you through the spirit him and I are in a partnership sometimes I step back and you'll hear him say children I am here I am so happy that you have come to be learned and taught by me I love you so much that was him I step back he works we're working together in a partnership So he has to direct us what we need to learn, who we learn it from. Then he helps us to change things in our spirit, take in nourishment, food and bread, which is his word of truth. Let it become a part of our spirit. Let it build our concepts and principles and ideas up here that our spirit does not know yet it's renewing all of this back to the original we don't need a new mind 
New rules, new stuff. We already got that, and we're a mess. We need the old, the ancient, the original mind of Adam before his fall. The original image and likeness. The original purpose and intent. So we're sort of going back. Okay? So he's going to help us. Number four. He's going to reordain us as his spiritual royal priest unto him on behalf of all those who don't know him yet. We will learn how to handle prayer to him on behalf of other people. We will learn how to. He will direct us how to handle his blood of the lamb of sacrifice. How to handle his mercy and forgiveness. We will be sort of in place till they can get there. Because they're usually in darkness, in sin, don't believe in him. And how we pray for them. Then number five, he's going to recrown us with a crown. As a king and a shepherd from the kingdom of heaven. To be on earth, to shepherd businesses, care for nations and people and the animals and nature. With all authority and dominion from Genesis 1, 26. We're going back. So I spend a lot of time back in Genesis 1, 26. Number six, he's going to relight our spiritual candle. Our deep inside of our holy of holies. Deep in that temple. It's going to relight. Yeah. That's right. There you go. To make it bright. It's going to re-put the oil back in there. So that will burn eternal. He desires that that spiritual candle shine brightly. Out to your spirit. Out to your soul. And out to your physical body with the rays of light and healing and freedom then out to other people so that's how he's going to redirect us whether it's your voice your words just if you're in a group and they go what is it about you I can feel something you have a different smell there's something about you can't quite put my finger on it you have a light when you smile you have gifts that just seem to be supernatural he also has to direct our work in relearning the laws of agape love love God first then love your neighbor and be willing to lay down your life for them You'll read about that in a story I have called I'll Bear Your Burdens as Jesus Christ Bore Mine. It's about Gavin and Pastor Deborah. Wonderful story. I have a pacemaker still that I got from that story as a living witness to talk about the love of your neighbor. We have to also relearn what his image and likeness is. He has to redirect our paths. Because we can't learn about us as his children and offspring. Until we relearn about him, his image, and the likeness we were made after. We also have to relearn 
and be redirected about his righteous judgments against evil and wickedness and death and sin and the courtroom of the universe and how to go up there as an attorney sort of and plead your case for yourself for others against the adversary of righteous law you have to be a relearn be redirected to learn about the value of law courtrooms the judge punishment very vital to learn that you have to relearn and be redirected in what is your authority and dominion down here how to properly use it a lot of people get power but they misuse it we see that in many nations and businesses they steal the money they're to shepherd they sell resources that they're supposed to guard and protect we have to relearn about our authority and power and dominion and what the purposes are we have to relearn and be redirected about what is this glory and this spirit and life we're to lead what does it all mean then we have to be redirected to learn how to be a tree of life to be a life giving spirit and to have fruit coming off of our life that others can taste and see that he not you but he is good number seven we need to be redirected about all of our inheritances that he's prepared for us before the foundations of the world or even create we need to learn what's waiting for us when we grow up can't be a child in your thinking in your soul in your spirit acting as a, what they call a gentile a non-believer cannot be a child in your attitudes your feelings cannot be uh, addicted to things and expect to get an inheritance so we have to be redirected in our work about our inheritance and the world that has been created for us and the new one that's coming number eight we need to be redirected in our work for the ages to come in our new body with the newer pastor deborah has already knows she's going to be traveling like star trek out into the vastness of solar systems to lands undiscovered and meeting creatures she's never heard of seen could even imagine but you cannot be trusted with exploration the word helping other nations and planets till you first can get yourself in order mhm pastor deborah's an explorer She's going to be traveling out like Star Trek on her own with him to other planets and just like Star Trek and explore. And I will report back and I will shepherd them, guard them and protect them and teach them because I'm to go into all the world. Mm-hmm. So are you. So we have to. He says, I've got to help you 
You need a lot of guiding and leading and redirecting to get there. Number nine. There's a lots for him to do to help us, all of you guys. And to find the paths we're to travel on. Uh, in my video blogs, there are some great stories about this little one. Walking with this father. Walking on a path. Watch him to learn about how we're to be as a child. Holding his hand. Asking him questions. Stopping when we're tired. Because there's so much to learn. We're going to walk through lands of darkness with him. He will show you what people look like. The book of Ezekiel shows you what looks like when you get inside of somebody. Inside their temple. In their sanctuary. It's very dark. A lot of gods and creatures. And just ick. You have to learn to do that. And how to speak truth to the spirit. And you'll have to learn that most people are very childish carnal flesh living out of their soul which was the helpmate because you're not spiritually grown up yet so that is just some of the many things that he's going to have to help us with so he says I the Lord will direct you I will guide you and lead you to find him you can't find him on your own he has to help you and you cannot learn and find who you really are without his help. I will lead you, he says. I will guide you into all truth. For it is only the truth that you find and believe that will set your spiritual mind free, your soul and physical body. Once it's incorporated in, becomes a principle in you, a law then you're free in just that one area into that new spirit and its new life what do you need to be set free from slavery to ignorance fear of death peer pressure threats of death being alone loneliness pains a lot of different things that he will help us so let's hear, again, some more ancient words about this. This guiding and leading, this directing that the Lord will do for us. In truth and in spirit for all of humanity. Psalms eleven seven, For the righteous Lord loves righteousness. That means the right path. Of spirit and truth. His glorious and loving countenance. His smile. His face. His heart. He looks on that path. And he looks on you as you travel. And smiles and say. Well done little one. Keep coming. Keep walking with me. You're going the right way. Those who he has applied. Isaiah 61 to. And he's now walking with. Job 36 7. How excellent is your loving kindness, O God! Therefore, the children of men, these flesh creatures, will put their trust 
in you and under the shadow of their your wings will they walk first peter 3:12 for the eyes of the lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers but the face of the lord is against them that do evil mhm he cannot look at the evil because his eyes are so bright he might hurt you because his righteousness will burn that up and he doesn't want to hurt you in that condition so he turns away now let's continue i want to make a statement to you if i look a little different in this portion excuse the noise from the computer somebody's trying to talk to me it's because this is another day i took a rest to get myself rested up so i could continue we are still in isaiah 61 verse 8 part 8 and we had just been discussing all the different things that god wants to do for us in directing our work in truth so i want to give you some deep detailed scriptures from the very words of the christ himself the anointed spiritual man who is anointed by the holy spirit the governor of the kingdom of heaven they were inside a dirt body called jesus yeah just like we're supposed to be we're supposed to become a christ ourselves anointed by the holy spirit the governor of the kingdom of heaven he anoints us with the oil of authority and dominion then our spirit is the one that becomes the image and likeness of its source the heavenly father god the most high himself both his father the male component part the source the seed and the mother the agape love those are all taught in different videos and in different stories about the image and the likeness of god so now we're going to go and to help us spiritually understand just this little portion of i the lord will direct your path in your work in truth let's turn to john 6:25 through 66 This one may take us a while. We may have to add more. Probably will part nine, maybe ten and eleven. This is so vital to how God is helping us. He's directing us, leading us, guiding us by truth in the direction we're supposed to go. The work. Excuse my firewall. It's trying to. get my attention but i don't pay attention to it he's trying to help us he knows where he wants us to be 
He knows the roads ahead. He knows where the straight ones are. He knows where the pits are and the ditches. He knows if people who don't understand him and blind to him are trying to lead us astray. He knows where the wolves are hiding. He knows where the deep dark woods are. And he's trying to help us to stay on the straight, the narrow, the righteous path of our work. That what we were intended to do, that we were created to do, that is in Genesis one twenty six, which I will get to later. But right now, let's turn to, in the four Gospels, this was written, though, about 40 to maybe 80 years after the death of Christ Jesus on a cross. This was written by one of his youngest disciples named John. And it's called John 6, verse 25 through 66. At the time that Jesus, this Christ, walked on earth physically in a dirt body and had his disciples and interacted with humanity and eventually after about three, when he was about 33, he went to a cross to sacrifice himself. Not many people do that, especially a heavenly being we'll call it a God, would do that for humanity. So you have to ask yourself if what you are praying to, believing as a God, worshiping as a God with all your many prayers, your sacrifices, your food, has it ever died for you? So you could be reconnected to it and become more than what you are. You see, this Christ said, I want you, Pastor Deborah, and all of humanity on earth to be as I am, anointed in the Spirit with this Holy Spirit, connected to the King of Heaven through the Holy Spirit, listening and learning. I want you to grow and develop into my image to my likeness that's way up here in the kingdom of heaven. I want you to think like I do, act like I do, feel like I do, look at every situation, every person, and judge righteously by spiritual, not flesh carnal eyes, but by spiritual minds and hearts, the spiritual condition of the spirit. That's inside the dirt body. Ask your gods if they had gone. And sacrificed themselves. So you could be reconnected. Rejoined. To them. And that they would give you their mind. Their power. Their authority. On earth. To rule and reign. As their legal and righteous. Ambassador. Their government official of their kingdom. That would be a good prayer to ask them. So in this case, in Christianity, which is what the pagans called those who believed in this Christ, it is not the word that the king of heaven 
the image and likeness were to become, he called us sons. That means offspring. Made in my image and my likeness. So sometimes we have to look very carefully at words and definitions. So let's get to John 6, 25 through 66. Our emphasis will be on many of the scriptures, but we'll go slow. We probably will go into a part nine. This is so much stuff. I was, it's just wonderful to hear and learn. Yes, I see everybody out there. I can see you for miles and miles. I know you're here. Yes, I see your hand. Yes, what can I, what? You started believing that this Jesus is the son of this God. Well, wonderful. And you want to become his child like you are, Pastor Deborah? Well, sure. If there's anybody right here, right now in the garden, all you millions and billions of people, I see you far and wide. If you're in your dreams or you watch this later, And you believe that this Christ, this anointed spirit inside that dirt called Jesus, is the son of the living God that created everything. And you want to be his child, his offspring. Let's do it. Yes, you can bow your heads. You can close your eyes if you want to, but you don't have to. I'll take care of it. Father, your great love paid a price. It walked to a cross. It laid itself down. So these precious ones who you love so much could find their way home to you. You built a bridge on the back of Jesus Christ on the cross. Your lamb paid its life so they could walk home to you. Clean them up. They believe that you sent him and that he was your son and that they too could become your children. They believe in you, that you are the living God, the God of love and mercy and compassion and that you sent this Christ anointed with the Holy Spirit To make a way for them to come home. To clean them up from their perverseness and their other father's image and likeness. To rebirth them anew. Back into what you always intended them to be. All those that are here are far off or even here from these people. Father, birth them new. Make them new unto you. Return the Holy Spirit, the governor, back into their spirits. Pour your love in. For they believe. They believe in you and your son, Christ Jesus. That he was the son of the living God. And they are your children. And they want to be in the family. This is the fruit of your words. Out of Isaiah 61, verse 8. 
This is the seeds that you had planted in your words. Let all the angels in all of heaven rejoice and dance and sing. And let them come now before your mighty throne and meet you. And meet all those that believe in you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. In the name of the great I Am. Christ Jesus himself. Amen. Sorry about the tears. Birth in a child is so beautiful. Believing something that you have not believed in is so beautiful. You weren't forced by a sword or threatened to have your head cut off or raped or sodomized. Your villages weren't burned. You weren't ordered. You freely came and freely believed. Oh, it'll be a little rough, yes, yes. But you now have all of heaven, angels to help you. And the Holy Spirit will guide you. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the family of God. Yes. It's okay, love on each other. You made it. Now you gotta just grow in love. Let Him love you. And then eat and nourish your spirit on His words. So let's continue. John 6, 25 through 66. This is a wonderful, wonderful story about why one seeks truth. Remember, this God's going to look at your motives and why you follow him, why you do this, why you believe in him. In some religions, people believe just because the Father believes and they're afraid of him. It's the ancient ancestors and customs. Don't want to bring any dishonor, do we? Might have to cut your head off, kill you. Maybe it's your culture of your nation. Maybe it's the state religion. Maybe you just have to follow the herd. Or maybe you're forced by fear of death, bombings, attacks. You can't force the heart, the spiritual heart, into the light. It won't happen. You can force the soul because it will want to live. Some souls are very rebellious and they'll die before they believe when forced to do something. So everybody's different. We want to look at why people believe and why they would follow this young Christ from this story. And how our work is decided in truth. Christ Jesus had just been teaching out in a field. Sort of like what we're doing here. Millions of people. And as you see while you're sitting here, there's food and drink. And your spirit's being healed. Yes, just being here. You feel stronger. What used to have diseases on it. Yes, you were a leper's spirit. Some of your spirits were 
bent and crooked, twisted. Some of your spirits couldn't even walk. Some of you were blind and deaf and dumb and couldn't even speak. Some of you were brought here by your friends because you were in trances all the time, sleeping. Some of you have been crippled and lame since your birth. Yeah, but if you look now at yourself and your neighbor, uh-huh, <gasps> you're healed. The healing's always for the spirit. Yes, the leprosy's gone. You can see. <gasps> you can hear people. Yes, that flower is talking to you and saying, Congratulations, and we love you. Mm -hmm. Plenty to eat. No, don't eat the flowers. No, that is not animal. That's We're all vegetarians here. As it was originally in the garden, there's plenty of nuts and fruits, vegetables. We're all vegetarians. Spirits do not eat human food. I found that out in my story, I'll tell you. When I first got into doing the deliverance ministry, or you might want to call it the personal ministry, I had just, it was my very first night, and I was with the coordinator, and we were helping a 16-year-old girl sort of get free in the name of Jesus. I was there holding her ponytail back as she was puking into a garbage can. I'd look in there, and it was the ickiest, smelliest, black stuff I had ever seen. I had seen puke out of a stomach. Babies, animals, people. Never seen that stuff. That was not natural. And all I did was say, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood. That's all I said. I was not the coordinator of the team. I was not the lead. I was just sort of a support person. We did that for several hours, then came home. And as I walked in my kitchen, and I sat down, I fixed me a plate, because we always fasted before we did deliverance. I didn't eat dinner. So I fixed it a plate of food, and I turned on the television to watch it. And I looked down. But I wasn't in my body. And I was looking down from about halfway up to my ceiling at my plate of food. And I go, I don't eat that. That was my spirit telling me. It does not eat earthly chicken and food. In my spirit, I could see my body down there. Sitting at the table. Looking at the food. And my spirit said, I don't need that. Then it looked off at the television. So I don't watch television either. I learned that night that my spirit does not watch television, does not listen to the radio, does not eat earthly food. Whoa, is that an eye-opener for me? So when I eat earthly food, that is my soul and my physical body doing that. When I watch television, or play games, 
that is my soul and physical body doing that. Now, I do always ask the Lord if I can watch some of the strangest movies so he can teach me. So, if you do that, you will get spiritually taught. But you can also, in a lot of the movies and games, a lot of evil, wickedness. And it can teach you as well. So that's my little story about eating. The spirits eat spiritual food. All right. So Christ Jesus had been just like we're doing. You're sitting out there by the multitudes, been listening and teaching. And they had been sitting there maybe three days. And they got hungry, I would imagine. So he asked Philip, and this was a test for Philip now. You go feed him, Philip, he said. And Philip go, we don't have anything. And, and if we went into town, it would take us three days to get there and three days to get back. Don't have enough money. Failed the test, Philip. So another disciple came and said, well, we got these uh, loaves of bread here from somebody and some fish. But that wasn't going to feed all these millions and millions of people. But Jesus had a plan. See, when you work with God as a Christ, as a partner, you will always have a plan. So he took the basket, lifted up, blessed the food, thanked the Father. He said, here, take this. And the disciples looked, mm-hmm, just like you would. That's not enough. Then he handed them another basket. And each disciple, the twelve of them, each got a basket. Where'd that come from? And as the people took a loaf of bread out or a fish, it multiplied. It just kept refilling. Never ending. Always there. Never ending. Okay. The disciples were shocked. Jesus wasn't. The people sitting out there did not know where the food came from. All they know is that their earthly body and their soul got fed. So they liked this guy. They thought he was great. (laughs) Unlimited food, sort of like the governments. We'll give you free food, free this, free that. We like that. We'll vote for you. So what had happened was these people knew about a prophecy. That there would be some king coming. That it had been said that a prophet should come into the world. Could this be him that just multiplied all this food that satisfied our physical hunger and our soul? Oh, he is, he is, they said. You know how mob mentality goes. Let's go get him. And make him to be our king. we got to get these Romans off of our neck. Out of our country. Let's go get him by force. So we heard he's coming. He, he provided us this government. This politician. That's what a king is. He's a politician. Oh he provided us with all this free food. Free school. Free this. Free. Let's go make him vote him as our king. And he will kick the Romans out. That was what their thinking was. Which is 99% of the people. They want free stuff and they want to make you the politician, the king. 
But a prophet was also somebody that heard from a god. And they didn't. So they were real special people. But Jesus knew this was not the way that this was supposed to go. So he departed. He disappeared. He took off, went off into the mountains by himself. He left. So he left his disciples with all these millions of people. Because sometimes when it's not the right time, it's not the right way, you have to depart. So what happened was, all the people left. The teaching was over. They had their free food. They all went back. The disciples are there wherever they were at. And they waited for this Jesus to come back. But he didn't. Because he went by himself. Alone. Up into the hills. He's getting away from them. And when you are moving with uh, the anointing and Christ Jesus like he is. You're going to have to spend a lot of alone time. Away from people. So then when it became evening and uh, the sun was setting. His disciples, they went down to the sea. Because they had gone up sort of a mountainside. So they're coming back down to the sea. And they got in a ship there. And they started across the sea toward Capernaum, it says. And it was now dark and Jesus had not come to them. So what did they do? They didn't know whether to stay and wait. So they got in a ship to go back to the other side. Then at about halfway across this sea of Galilee, it was called. Or it was also called the Sea of Tiberias. He was a Roman emperor. Jesus came to them. But he wasn't in a boat. He was walking on the water. And coming near the ship. Now if you'd seen that. Can you imagine what you would think? Mm-hmm. That's what they were thinking. They were afraid. They had never seen this of Jesus before. Walking on water. Mm-hmm. He kept walking. Kept coming closer. And then he stepped into the boat. And the boat immediately went to the other side of the sea and was on the land. Right where they wanted to be. Interesting. Then the next day, those who had been healed, been in that meeting, had the fish and the bread freely given to them. Sort of like, ooh. We got free college and free medical and free food and free this. Let's go find, let's re-elect that politician. Let's go find and let's do a riot to get more free stuff. Let's protest. We we deserve free things, schooling and housing and jobs. That's the mentality of these people. They go, huh, they're not anywhere on this side. Let's get in a boat. So they all went across, probably not all of them, but a few of them. Went, they go, he gave us that fish and bread. Gave us that free stuff. Let's go find him. And they went in ships to Capernaum. 
looking for this Jesus so he could feed them again. How many times does the soul and the I'm going to vote for you again. You gave me free this and free that and free this. I'm going to give you money. I'm going to support you. I want you to help me. I want free, free, free. And when the multitudes, these people, followed him across the sea, people will follow you anywhere if you give them free stuff for their physical body and their soul. Now, they hadn't even taken time to think, how did he do this? They didn't care. They were hungry. They said unto this Jesus, Rabbi, that means teacher, when did you come here? We didn't see you. When did you get here? Verse 26. Jesus answered them and said, Truly, truly, I say unto you, you multitudes, you seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat the loaves, these earthly food, and were filled. You couldn't see past the flesh like the lady with the red rose. All she saw was earthly. Your eyes could not see beyond the flesh to the miracles of the spirit I did. You were only thinking with your carnal mind. You were only thinking of your carnal belly to eat. Your earthly desires. And you don't want me because of this possibility of supernatural spiritual miracles. You only want me because I gave you earthly food. Things. Free car. Free phone. Free medical. Free housing. Free clothes. Free insurance. Free everything. That's the only reason you want me. It's because I give you to your earthly desires. That's not very nice description of these people. Because he's trying to get them to see a spiritual reality miracle that occurred that got manifest in the natural. But they couldn't see it yet. That's the multitudes. All they saw was what was freely given, earthly, carnal food, fish. That's all. And they're following him for free stuff. Verse 27. Labor, work not for that kind of meat, that earthly food, which perishes, but work and labor for that meat. Those beliefs, those new concepts I'm trying to show you, which endures and lasts unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man, this is another deep teaching that we have to teach about before we go any farther, brings to you. He's saying, don't work for earthly food. You know, go and work, but don't seek like you're doing. Don't lust after when a teacher is teaching you about spiritual things. Go after that spiritual food. Those new beliefs. 
concepts, ideas, principles. Follow that person for that. They should have come up to him and said, Teacher, teacher, what happened? Where did that food come from? We don't understand. How did you make that happen? You're not like everybody else. Talk to us. Teach us. Yes, we were hungry, but our spirits need more. But they weren't there yet, just like a lot of you. Their spirit had not been freed yet from the soul. He's trying to break through this hard shell. Peer past the cloak of flesh. Shine some light in there. Because they had become, humanity had become so carnal. Let's get a little bit into the Son of Man. The Son of Man is the son of Adam back in Genesis. The Son of Man was the spiritual creation of God. It was the seed that was planted on planet Earth in the Garden of Eden in the beginning. From this spiritual being, he brought forth out of it a helpmate called the soul. The soul was to help the spirit like this. Here's the spirit. In this unseen world, communicate out here. It was to be a servant and a helpmate to the spirit. Because the spirit doesn't eat human food. It's in another realm back here. So let's read Genesis one twenty-six, And that will help us a little bit. You have to understand his context, the place he's coming from, this Christ Jesus, when he's talking to us. Because it's dealing with us, our spiritual nature that we were originally, and how far we had fallen as these multitudes had. Genesis one twenty six. This is who the Son of Man was that this Christ Jesus said, he was a relative of and that he said he was this son of man Genesis one twenty six, and God said that's the creator God I'm not sure if all the gods that you are currently serving claim to be the creator God all in one or if they're kind of all split apart but this creator God said, Let us, my male component part and my female component part, through my word of creation and by the power of the Holy Spirit and by the law that I created, that as you think in your heart, so you are. God believed and knew he was both a male and a female. But he was one. We see that when a baby gets created and DNA from the father comes, DNA from the mother comes, and they come together and they form one child. DNA forms one. So he was that way. But what he did was he said, let us make a spiritual being. 
my offspring. Somebody that was made just like me. Made in my image, that's the father's side. And made after my likeness, that's the mother's side. The agape love side. Let's put them together and make spiritual man. That's the being. It's not a gender. All spirits are non-gender spirits. They have no sex organs. They have no sex. They are pure light when they got started. Pure image and likeness combined. He said, let's take my spirit of life, the Holy Spirit. He's a powerful dude for sure. And make and create man. That's just the name of the species. Like plants is a species. Animals are a species. Angels, which are ministering, serving spirits. That's a species. It's a kind. So he named this spiritual creation man. Don't get offended if you're a female. Or a non-gender or whatever. It's just the name of the spiritual being that he gave it. Let us make man our spiritual offspring. Our child. In our image as the father. That's the father's DNA. And after our likeness. The mother's side. Okay, I can put them together. Now he's doing this inside of himself. And as he's thinking this, let's create this. It's happening inside of him. Because remember, his law was, as you think in your heart, in your deep spirit, so you are. So he is creating the seeds of man, creating this species first inside of his spirit. Okay? He's having conception inside of himself. He's bringing his components together. Being very intimate with himself. Inside of his mind. And let them. So he's now saying. I want to create them to be my offspring. To be like me. Now he's going to prophesy. Decree. Over what's in him right now. He's giving it them purpose. Their identity. Their rulership. He's giving them who they are. He said, And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. That's another teaching about anxiety and fear that gets going in the soul. And over the fowl of the air. That means creatures going to be evil creatures or winds that blow in storms. Okay, but it also means what's on earth. And over the cattle, that's our beastly nature. And over all the earth, that means would be our physical body. You're to have a dominion over. And over the earth itself. And over every creeping thing, that means demonic spirits that creep in here. And that creep on the planet. And the insects. That creeps upon the earth. 
verse 27. So God created man, this new offspring, this new creation made in his image, his own image, and after his own likeness, God created them. He, this being, called man. Inside here. He's right here right now. He's not been birthed yet. Male and female. Because God was both male and female. You can see that a lot in ancient history. Of male gods and female gods. I'm not sure nowadays. Um, about all the different gods that are down here. There's one called Satan. He's the god of this world. Even though he didn't create it. I'm not sure if he claims to be a male and a female, or just a male. Do some checking. When you're in prayer, talk to the gods that you pray to and ask them if they're male or female. Do they have any children? Are you their children? Then just do some checking for yourself. And he said, because I'm going to create them like me. I am both. I am both a male and a female. I have both sides. I'm the source. Excuse me, this is the male. I'm the source of all life. The sperm. The seed. And I impregnate the woman. The egg. And I go inside. And then we start forming. It takes the both of us. And eventually, something comes forth. He said, I am both. And he created he, them. He created this man to be both male and female. You will notice that. Okay. And that's some deep teaching we'll have to get to in another tape. Verse 28. And God blessed them. By prophecy, by words. So you can bless people by your words. You can bless them. Now they're not born yet. So if you do have a, if you're pregnant, a mother or a father, anybody can put their hands on the womb, speak blessings to the child or children in there. Or you can speak curses. You can be loud and rude and play ugly music. It will affect the child. They're still in here developing. So he started to bless them. And here's what he said to them. And if you wanted to, you could say the same thing to an earthly child, earthly animals. You would say, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. Now he's talking to the spirit that's inside of himself right now. So he's purely speaking to the spiritual being. This son of man, this man, this creature, this creation, that this Jesus said he's the son of. Subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. He is blessing that spirit with dominion, power, and authority over everything that's going to be in his soul and his physical body as well as that's going to be on this earth 
that it doesn't know anything about yet. This child, this man, was still in development. Probably a real small little egg thing. But he's speaking to it, blessing it, decreeing to it, prophesying to it, giving it its instructions, its authority and power, giving it its kingship and rulership, telling it what it's to do. Now, it doesn't know at the time what's coming, but God did. And that is where and who this young man, Christ Jesus, said he was the son of. That guy from Genesis one twenty six. Now let's go back to John six twenty five through sixty six. We are at verse twenty eight. Then said these multitudes, these people who had gotten fed with fish and bread freely and could not see the miracles that had occurred, these spiritual, supernatural things, who had followed him across the sea to Capernaum. You can see that even God was directing the path of the spirit being called man. Even in its conception, its early developments inside of him, he was directing it by prophesying, decreeing, speaking to it, giving it purpose and intent, empowering it. That is what this verse is about. How you, how he, the Lord, will direct our paths, our work, in truth, there is an example, Genesis one twenty six, verse 28. You can take that pattern and speak it over yourself, your children, animals, nature. That's how he directs us. He speaks to us, tells us what's going to happen, what we're to do to our spirit now. Okay? Now, let's keep going. We're in verse 28, remember, of John 6, 25 through 66. And these multitudes said unto him, Sir, what shall we do that we might work the works, the deeds of God? Good question. They didn't really know what they were asking. Did that mean healing people? multiplying earthly food, getting free stuff. But they did ask the question. There was a crack now. Light had gotten in because they had to be rebuked a little bit. You're only following me because I gave you free stuff. So now they come back. Well, sir, what shall we do? See, they want to do something that we might work and do what you did, these works of God. How can we do that? How can we make free food come down? How can we heal people? How can we do that work? That's what they were asking. Verse 29. Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he has sent. Ooh, that don't have nothing to do with multiplying food. Fish, bread. 
Now we're coming into the deep spiritual stuff. That's what Pastor Deborah had to learn. In my story called Do My Work. He says, first, you can't do any of this stuff. See, they just wanted to go out and have, maybe do a magic spell. Maybe he said some words or sprinkled some sage. Or he prayed six times a day. Or he did something to it, God, to to get free food. That's all they're thinking of. How do we do what you do to get the free food? Because we like the free food. We like the free stuff. What would you do? Did you speak a spell? Did you sacrifice an animal, a baby? What would you do? Did you make a pledge? Did you vow something and make a deal with Satan? What did you do to get that free food, to multiply that stuff? Maybe you were like some of these magicians. Hmm. Don't know. Maybe you were a sorcerer. What did you do? Is what they were asking him. And he says to them, Whoa. This is the work of God. Not what you're thinking about. Having the charismatic movement got into this. You say a blessing, decree that, and you get money. Houses, cars, stuff. See, they were the, they got off as the multitudes got off. Because they wanted free things, earthly things. And most of the people that were teaching it had come from poverty, very poor lives. They didn't want to be poor anymore. They wanted money, land, property, airplanes, cars, big ministries, lots of things in the earthly realm. Just like these multitudes wanted fish and bread. And also healing because everybody seems to get sick. So they took this and started speaking sort of spells using witchcraft sort of in a way over situations to make it come forth they got the principle if you speak to an object you bless it and you call it forth it'll come to you Mm -hmm. but they got way off so he is saying the work that you must do the deeds that God wants you to do that you believe on him that be Jesus Christ whom he sent we just went through that a little while ago a lot of people are starting to there are some religions that know Jesus as a teacher a rabbi as a prophet somebody who heard from God as a wonderful earthly man a carpenter had a biological dirt body they know he went to a cross but they couldn't find his body it disappeared and the story goes that the Roman soldiers were paid to lie they saw him resurrected they were guarding the tomb but the religious leaders now paid the Roman soldiers to lie and to say that the disciples came and got his body. So there are religions 
religious leaders working against this truth. So you got nobody, so how can we believe, yes, he died? Well, he didn't get up. He's not glorified. He's not... He's just missing. So he had to rebuke them. Because they were only thinking... What kind of thing can we do, this work of God, to get free stuff? In the world of the occult, it is used, this pattern. I want to curse somebody. I want to win at bingo or the casino. I want protection. So I say some words, do some things, and it happens. It's just a perversion. And they said to him in verse 30, What sign will you show then, so that we may see and believe you? What do you do? What, what do you work? They didn't see him. He just took the basket, bowed his head, lifted up his eyes, blessed it, done. Remember, as Jesus Christ was in partnership, gotten word from God what he was going to do. He'd already gotten that, because this was a test for Philip, and Philip failed it. So they didn't know what the plan was. They didn't hear him. They didn't see any smoke and mirrors, smoke, you know, magic stuff happening. They didn't see him sacrificed, didn't see any blood, didn't see any smoke. They go, what, what did you do? What sign are you going to show us? We need to see something. Like, you know, maybe you wave a wand. Or you throw out some words or something. Okay, that was a sign. We, need, we didn't see you do anything. Okay. Now what I'm going to do is stop it right here on this tape. It's a good place to stop. So you can ponder all what we've talked about so far. Are you one of these multitudes that just wants free stuff? Are you a part of the charismatic movement? Where you believe if you speak it will come to you in the earthly realm like this did? Are you looking for signs so you can believe? Are you believing in him? I thought I was. Go look at my story in one of the other tapes called Do My Work. I had been saved and believing in him, but there's more to it. Go back and review that story. Now, what happens is I want to stop here. And I want you to think and ponder where we are so far. We're going to slowly get deeper and deeper into this. So we're going to probably have to go 9, 10, and keep on going until we finish direct. This is powerful. It has been so twisted and perverted. The occult use it, the charismatic movement using it. Speak it, say it, it, believe it comes. And they have no idea what they're doing except making people believe like these multitudes in some sort of magical stuff. There's a lot to how this happened. The relationship Christ Jesus had with his Father. What was the purpose of the healing? 
the multiplying of the bread what was the purpose of all of this remember he was dealing with as we are now people that do not believe in Christ Jesus as the son of the living God okay that's our starting point so I want to finish here part 8 now if you would like prayer so you will not be as one of these multitudes and we want to give you a Hebrews 4.12 experience that will bring you up out of the flesh so your spirit can come here with all the others you can learn spiritual truths and that veil of flesh and ick and darkness can be removed from you if you would like that let's pray Father those that are here or that will be here that desire to know what all this means who you are what is going on is this the truth who this Christ Jesus is compared to what they've heard first do a Hebrews 4.12 on them bring their spirit out from death separate it cut it from its bonds and change to the soul bring it up out of the cocoon of the flesh so it can breathe the free air help it to come forth use your word as a sword and do that spiritual circumcision on their spiritual heart so they can hear your words see the light of your love and stretch forth their wings as arms to receive you in the name of Jesus I'm going to end this and I want to thank all of you for coming today I'm trying to get back into my recording between hurricanes cleaning the yard being tired a lot it's hard to get back in the mindset of this but I'm working on this one this is part 8 we will pick up here and right where we go on verse 30 about what sign will you give us so that we can see and believe you and what do you work we'll pick it up right there in part 9 so come again this is Pastor Deborah God be love love is here ministries a global teleministry spiritual teaching ministry come to the website www dot agape love is here dot org lots to look at and join the others there's thousands that are coming every day learn and grow I'm also on LinkedIn and Twitter this will also go out as an audio podcast to six or seven different platforms just got on Amazon Music so you can download the seven different podcast to listen to so come again all of you who want to stay in the garden you are welcome if some of you would like to go on a field trip 
animals will assist you and if you would like to meet the son of the living God he's over there by that mountain that, yes that light over there that's him and if others of you want to go on the highway of holiness on up to the throne room for a visit you are quite welcome an angel will walk with you there might be some of you who want to go on up and stay you are welcome but that is up to the king up there whether it's your time or not he'll make that decision for you I know it's rough down here it is not nice some of you are ready to go you talk with him about that but you can go up and visit the rest of you got to go back to your dirt bodies back and wake up and live on this earth and we have to help each other and we have to help the earth and the creatures got a lot of work to do down here it's a mess as we all know every nation is screwed up leaders are corrupt unjust they do wicked and evil things to the nations the people human trafficking sex trafficking money corruption lies cheat it's horrible and we all know it so we got a lot of work to do love always and forever pastor deborah you come again i'll always be in the garden and always be teaching because you got to grow and learn eat and feed yourself love always and forever bye i'll see you next time for isaiah 61 verse 8 part 9 bye thank you for listening and watching this video it is an honor and a pleasure to have you stopped by today and watch this is pastor deborah and i hope you come again and watch many many more videos and learn and grow spiritually and hear how she has helped people spiritually the lord's way for many many years come again watch another one and we welcome you to be a subscriber to the channel to make comments and if you wish to contact pastor deborah please email her at her email address for the ministry at Pastor Deborah at Agape Love is here.org. You can also see these videos on Twitter and on the website in the many different sections that they are put into. Enjoy, and it was once again an honor to have you watch and listen. Thank you, and come again to another video of Agape Love, Love is Here Ministries, a ministry of helping people the Lord's way that Pastor Deborah has been doing for many, many years. Love always and forever, Pastor Deborah.